Hey guys, welcome back to Raw Influence for another podcast and it's episode six this time. We've got some exciting guests in the room today. We've got, we have got Ben from Wild DFX Brokerage, who um, some of you have probably heard a little bit about with his exploration that he was going up on Ben Nevis that we've been talking about for quite some time. And we're also joined by TV presenter and motoring expert, Rebecca Jackson. Welcome all. How are you all doing? Thank you. Thank you very Cheers. much. We all doing good? Yes, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm fantastic. It's really good to have you on the podcast. Uh, we've been hearing lots of stories about what you've been up to. And a little bit for those guys that haven't tuned into uh, Raw Influence before, the podcast is more about meeting entrepreneurs and interesting individuals of what they've been up to, how they've got to where they are, and what they can kind of give away as tips and tricks for some of the entrepreneurs and motivation out there for, you know, people trying to further their career. So, I mean, what do you want to talk about today? What would you like to talk about, Sam? <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's go with, let's, it's, I've been talking about it. So I've got a, um, let's start off with my car because that's yeah. important. So I've got a Ferrari 488 Spider. Good choice. Oh, is it? I've, I've, and it's down at the moment in value. And ah, but have you bought it for monetary value, or have you bought it to enjoy it? Well, I, I bought it to enjoy it. I just wasn't hoping to lose uh, so much on it. You know, in a year, it's gone from. I think I got it for what two thirty. Yeah, it's now worth two oh eight. So I have. Um, been given an ultimatum from a um, car company that I'm working with just to do a straight switch into another car. And I was debating on it. And there's between it, I was looking at a 720S or a 600LT because the 720S has dropped by what, oh, 50%? McLaren's lovely cars to drive. And do you know what? The pedals are set up perfectly for left foot braking. Now, whilst I wouldn't recommend people just go willy nilly left foot braking on the road, they really are set up for it. So if you take it to a track or if you're okay with left foot braking, you're going to love it. Okay. What would, what would you choose between those three right now? And because we, the story that I'm hearing in the supercar world is kind of, we've hit a bit of a, a bit of a bubble and a downturn. All the cars mm. prices keep to be, you know, seem to be falling at the moment. I think you've got to buy with your heart because and if every day you're trading, aren't you? So yes. that that's your main focus. So if you're buying a car because you want to enjoy the money that you've earned, surely you should be buying with your heart and not your head. Yeah, it's, I think it's hard for a trader when you look at something you sit there and think, you know, we, we buy things on a daily basis to make money, but then you sit there and you think, wow, it's lost, you know, a, mm. a considerable amount of money. I would say, you know, thirty, it's over ten percent value in a year. Yeah, and you sit there and you think, I, I don't know, <laughs> you know, Ben's going on about what was it, the new Ferrari that's coming out? Well, yeah, you know, you've got the four eight eight, and now the F eight has come out, so that's why your car's taken a hit. Because it's not it's not the latest V8 mid-engine Ferrari anymore. Right, I'm losing money on this one. I think this is uh, one of those decisions I'll just have to come up with, guys. If you want to let me know, make sure you you know drop in on Instagram or on uh, YouTube with your comments of which one of the three I should get: 720s, 600lt, or stick with a 488, and just man up with the loss that I've got and. Uh, Stick with the enjoyment factor of, um, you know, that one. Fun. Yeah, that one. That I one. Vote, I vote commit and buy an SVJ. No, won't lose money then. Yeah, come on. I want to hear this because you keep talking about how you won't lose money with an SVJ. You won't if you pick if you get an SVJ now. I mean, what are they four hundred on the open. If you, you probably won't buy one for that. If you pick up an SVJ at three seventy, something like that. Okay, 
last night you asked me a V12 Lamborghini to come out because the new one's going to have a hybrid system. You look at Lamborghinis have passed, the V12 models have always done well, especially the SV models. Merchant Argo SVs are creeping back up. Eventador SV recently has only just dipped below market value. SVJ is still the fastest car on the Nürburgring. It's going to be worth money later on down the line. Agreed? Well, yes, it probably will be, but I think you need to get off the fence because otherwise you're going to end up just trading cars and that's not what you do. (laughs) Buy a car that you like and if you don't like that car anymore, buy a different car. Brilliant. Okay, I'll take that advice fully on board. Spend money. Yeah, there we go. Or or just keep it and enjoy it as much as we can. Even though it's coming up to winter, we can't really use the spider too much. I have to have to take it aboard somewhere. So let's uh, let's find out for those that don't know anything about yourself. What's um what, what what's it that you do at the moment, and kind of what have you been up to? Okay, so I'm a racing driver, TV presenter, and motoring journalist, motoring expert. Um, I appear on BBC and Sky talking about motoring issues, and I've also raced all over the world. I've raced at Le Mans, I've raced in Dubai, and I've presented a few shows on TV, uh, Modern Wheels or Classic Steels on Dave, and I've done a children's program, and this ties me into my next point. I've recently become a mother. I am now uh, a mummy of eight-month-old twins, one of Congrats. each. Thank Congrats. Yeah. 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 So... What's, you know, are you are you planning on going back on the racetrack now? So I think it would be very difficult to keep me away from the racetrack completely. And, um, you know, once you are a racing driver and it's part of your DNA, I think you will always want to be at the racetrack. So um, when I go back, I'm not sure at the moment. And in what capacity and where I race, again, I'm not sure because... At the moment, I don't want to go away for the weekend and leave my precious babies behind whilst I yeah. go international racing. Yeah. Whatever I do, I give it my all. So I went from club level racing to international professional racing. I set up Project Le Mans, which was my big, ambitious four-year plan to get to Le Mans. And I raced there in the support race in an LMP3 car. So whatever I do, I give it my all. And I'm now a mummy, so I'm giving that my all and they need me. Um, so So I will probably be doing hot laps and I work with a number of different companies and um, I give hot lap days for their customers and competition prizes, that kind of thing. I love driving around the circuit. And when you see people's face after they've just had a hot lap, they are just so thrilled. They love it. And that's great. So you're sharing your passion and also making someone happy. Yeah, 100%. That is that is awesome. Congratulations. So is it a bit of a disbelief then that um, when you have little and your, your career's over and so on and so forth? Your career doesn't have to be over, but you can choose to redirect it and do something else. And you can also choose to take them with you. So, for example, when I was on Sky News recently speaking about a motoring issue, we all went there and the babies were in, hanging out in the green room whilst I was live <laughs> on the TV. Why not? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That is awesome. That is awesome. You brought them along as well today? I haven't actually. Oh, you did? No, I was going to. And uh, yeah, Yeah. I I really wish I had because they would have loved just crawling around here. Um, So I was going to bring them with me and I hadn't heard back yet if there was space for them. And I put them in their cots and then I got the email saying there's room for them. Yeah, yeah. And there's one thing I won't do is, is, is wake them up if they're 
you know, having a lovely cut. sleep in their cots. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't got them with me today. So does it switch completely to flexible hours then? How does that work with? Well, I think when you're an entrepreneur and a business, um, not so much a business owner because you can get business owners that are slaves to their business that work all the hours under the sun but certainly entrepreneurial minded you can influence what you do what hours you work and I've completely rethought my entire working uh, schedule now so the amount of time that the baby spends sleeping is that it equates to a full working day over the course of the day and the evening they go to bed at seven o'clock so I'm doing a lot of work whilst they're sleeping and I'm also uh, limiting the number of days and the amount of time I spend away from them to do filming. So I'm working with two companies at the moment to do ambassadorial roles, and they are Morris Lubricants and Motor Easy. And they're also really embracing my new life as yeah. a mummy, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so Morris Lubricants sent them some little baby grows with Morris Lubricants on. Oh, so I took a gosh. photo of them, posted it on Instagram <laughs> and said, would you trust these two to do an oil change? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I bet you got some funny comments back on that one, didn't you? Oh, my followers have been great because, yeah. you know, it's quite a big deal to go from being, um, you know, a female racing driver who's, you know, badass car racer, yeah. racing all over the world, reviewing cars and, and such like, to being a mummy. And I mm. thought, how are my followers going to take it? Am I going to lose followers? Are they, mm. are they not going to like me anymore? But you know what? They've been great. They've been absolutely amazing. And a lot of people that are a lot of people are parents anyway, and the demographic that's following me, they seem to have really, really they're, they're with yeah, me on yeah. the journey, and they're saying, "Oh, congratulations! Oh, you're doing amazing, and you've got your figure back after your twins." And you know, I, I quite like compliments <laughs> like that. I don't yeah. mind that. Yeah, yeah, oh, great. <laughs> do, you, do you find that there was a transition on social, going from you know having your kind of supporters not change but adapt mm. to it because um, I talk about that because on, on my social I've just started to do a transition all I used to do is post kind of like luxury cars things I was up to holidays and trips and I we recently started our own charity called Overwatch Charity and it's um, trying to uh, reduce uh, single-use plastics and um, help kind of conservations of um, animals that are coming in danger things like that and trying to move away from posting a ferrari to posting mm. us on the beach doing a beach cleanup is mm. uh, is mm. such a different kind of mm. content we found it took probably it took me about two to three weeks for the audience to kind of adjust to it before there was behind it it was such a mm. weird thing to have but i completely uh, yours is obviously a, a, a lot more drastic i'd say than me doing a beach cleanup and, uh, <laughs> you know a few things like that but it's, it's slightly a, different yeah it's <laughs> slightly, slightly different but the transition is still there it's, it's an interesting space isn't it social media and how they kind of come around yeah and i think yours was maybe the different change was possibly would have taken slightly longer actually even though mine was a more drastic change um what i'm very grateful of is that my followers are following me rather than yeah. just what i do yes yeah, whereas think. you know maybe there's that fear that is it just what i do but actually they're really on board with 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 yeah, me and yeah. and i'm so grateful um for that and so i didn't really have a problem with the transition at all but i think going from speaking and showing gas 
guzzling supercars to I'm being really green. You know, some people could really um, take homage to that. But actually, I'm with you on this because I believe in a balanced life. So you've got to fulfill your passion. You've got to live your dream. You've got to do what you want to do in life. And in terms of the environment, we can all play a role if we reduce something by a small amount so instead of buying loads of plastic bottles maybe you buy a a reusable one and you shouldn't get rid of your supercars because if they're your number one passion then they're part of you and they're part of your life but there are other areas that you can be more environmentally friendly so i'm i'm with you on that yeah it's becoming a big movement isn't it actually the whole yeah uh was it uh is it gretna was it yes uh, yes gretna the young girl she's she's been going full guns blazing on it at the moment she went hard yeah she 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 was yeah i do think for her at some point yeah she's had quite a lot of um social media bashing but i don't think she cares she's so passionate about what she believes in she doesn't care does she no. even if even if she did she's what she's like seven million followers yeah, million. yeah. yeah. She's the made. thing is unless you are cycling all the time and not driving at all and you're buying secondhand clothes and you're growing your own veg and you're um not buying anything brand new and living off the grid you know and let and then in which case you probably wouldn't have access to social media unless you are that person yeah. you're not able to judge anybody else and so the rest of us can do a small amount there's there's very much the image that if you are you know supposed to be environmentally friendly you have to do you're either fully fully or you're not you can't like go or you know I'll have a Ferrari but I'll do all this work and do all this or it's got to be right if you're going to drive you drive a Tesla you must have organic grow it yourself don't use plastic. Don't do this it's all when actually actually we could all do with a bit of balance if everyone did a little bit yeah that was what the number yeah, one PR issue was with me yeah. starting a charity. They're like, the first thing that's going to come up is that you've got a Ferrari. And I was like... That's exactly what I said. I was like, how can you talk about green stuff? People are going yeah. to say to you, yeah. you know, you've got, a, you've got a Ferrari. I know, but at the same time, we, we picked up 100 kilos of plastic off of a beach. Wow. In, that would have great. In three, yeah, and a wooden crate, yeah. <laughs> and three, four, three or four hours. Yeah. And... We stop that going into the sea. We're sitting there thinking, if we did this on a mass scale, exactly, that makes a difference. All right, it's not going to offset the you know the Ferrari and the emissions, but stopping plastic getting into the ocean, it's not. it definitely has um, a yeah. positive impact on the environment. Yeah, yeah. That, that Gretna, she's I think she's doing um, she's doing like rallies every Friday. Every Friday she's got those rallies. It doesn't matter what country she's in, she's causing she's causing. Mm-hmm. She also refuses to travel. Like she got, like, yeah, she got a boat. I yeah, think to New York like or something, a, wasn't there? Yeah, it wasn't but like, there's like no still engine. an environmental impact on getting that boat yeah. because the diesel will be emitted yeah. into the atmosphere. I, but you know, I don't want to knock her because yeah. she's doing no, no, great no. work. But at the same time, yeah. there's there's a level, isn't there? And, yeah. and yeah. All... that's the exact point. You know, for her to do that, she still has to have some impact on yes, the environment. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose actually that's the point. Are you scared from what you've seen on the environment for your Litlands of what's what's to come in the future? From all, I mean, I think it's really come to light this last year. Just about you know, eighty percent of the reefs are dying in in mm. Australia, mm. and something like seventy percent of the fish that we eat now has plastics in them, mm. and all that kind of stuff. And it's just they're saying if we don't fix it by I think it was twenty fifty. It's going to be like a, a complete and utter meltdown by the sounds of it. Of like a food, I think in in terms of the planet, I think the planet will see humans as a bit of a a bit of a knock. All right, we'll get rid of you at some point. Mm. Um, but I think what's happening right now, there's so much 
time and there's so many chances for development in technology and mm. improvements if you think about how far technology has come just in the last five years alone with formula one and formula one motor racing does actually if this sounds really strange saying that racing helps the environment but actually <laughs> technology that's developed in the laboratory of racing then finds its way into road cars because efficiency is where it's at yeah. um, if you burn less fuel you're, you're pumping less um, out aren't you so I think over the course of the next um, 30 years there's so much opportunity mm. there for development in technology that I think it would be very difficult to say right now the, the, the future is completely doomed for my children I think that's a really negative yeah. way of looking at it you can be realistic and say well there's things that we need to do there's changes that we need to make but there's also a lot can happen in a very short space of time yeah i mean when talking about technology i went to um mclaren technology center in um it's, it's surrey woking. isn't it yeah woking woking way yeah, woking. and it was awesome it's like going into um have you been there no i haven't oh god it's like walking into like mi5 you get in, <laughs> you, you, there's these like cubes like this by the car park and you go in them, the doors close, and then you go down into the underground to get into the building. You've got like a long tunnel in, and everything in there, gizmos, the lot is just unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Even when um, they were starting up one of their um, Formula One cars, they just out of nowhere, they just pour white tile out of the, out of the ground. <laughs> and it just pulls out like almost like a vacuum. And it's just pulling all the exhaust yeah, fumes out. Yeah, and so clever. Just saying how it comes out, goes through this system, and then the oxygen is taken away from the fumes and it's pumped into the lake to oxygenize the lake. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. And the AC is used to cool down the facility from the lake. And I was like, this is nuts. Like, That's so clever. It is, it is. It's uh Oh, yeah, I was thinking I'm getting excited over a lake here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at, you know, and so it, this is where you're we're different because I'd be like, "There's a lake. I need a jet ski." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not helping the environment. <laughs> I get an eco-friendly jet ski. Yeah, solar panel one. It's um, no. When I went there, I was incredible. Even down to um, they've got like an operation room for each track. So um, I was talking. Um, uh, well, I, was, I was talking to, to Zach, who's the CEO of, uh, um, at McLaren, and he was talking about their operations team. And it's just um, if any time they want to try something out on the track that they're currently racing on, they will then go and get an individual from um, who's going to run in a simulator, who's like a pro video game expert or whatever, and he's good at racing. They'll sit him down in a simulator, and whatever change they want to make on track, they'll make on the simulator first, get him to go around the track, who's a similar... Uh, kind of standard to the person who's actually on the track and if they feel that if they see that it makes the time difference up they will then pull him in to then make that change and i was like this is <laughs> this is like oof, crazy now they're, they're watching like this about probably 60 charts on this screen and it's just watching like the tire the tires like slowly degrading and it's mm -hmm. like measuring that of when they need to come in it's like it, it, they're, they're monitoring every single race and all the other drivers as well to see their lap speeds, what's going on. I just sit there and think this is just, you know, I look at charts all day, but these guys, they're, there's literally, it's almost like, um, it reminds me of like Vladimir Putin's war room or something. Like there's like <laughs> 40 experts just sat there, headphones on, just shouting, going nuts. They got like a NASA launch center, just like, yeah, what? yeah, crazy. They even got these like buttons, like that glass there. Um, they, they was like, take a seat. So we was like, what are we doing in this room? There's like eight seats. Take a seat in this room. And I think, you know, I can't see through this. It's like, it's almost like that. It's like frosted glass. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
press the button, the whole thing comes unfrosted and it's see-through glass. I'm like, what? This is crazy. Just changing the, the, the type of glass. When we're getting food. Yeah, I know. Like, just jump. Yeah, don't, don't want to see you. Jump. Yeah, open. <laughs> you certainly think this is crazy. Yeah, but seeing all the cars at McLaren as well, that was, um, you know, I was. There was, um, there was like, yeah, you can now use your camera. No, you can now not use your camera and things like that. And um, yeah, it's even simple stuff like technology that's not involved in the cars that they've created is still awesome stuff. They've got a conference room there, and it was almost like an egg, like hanging down, a half egg hanging down. And they go, go stand in the middle of it. And I thought, okay, this is where we do our talk to 80-odd staff. And I thought, okay. And um, I said, it's quite a big room. Do you not need a mic? And I was like, no, this egg, it helps amplify your voice naturally around the room. So I started whispering in this egg and you could literally hear it in the back of the room. I was like, what? This is crazy. Again, <laughs> like a, it, it looked like a war room. So like, your next party then, you're hoping that they're going to let you have it there. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. They've, they thought of everything. They, even even the branding and stuff like that. We had lunch there. The butter came out with the McLaren logo. Like that, it was cut into the McLaren logo. I thought, what? This is oh, crazy. Oh, you must have been to a Ferrari do where they've got the prancing horses on the table glass. I haven't. I was going to go <laughs> to... We were going to go, weren't we? What then, was the one we were going we, to? No, we were going to go to the launch of the, um, of the FA Tributo. Yeah. We didn't go. You missed out on the prancing horses on the tablecloth. Yeah, that was the one. Where did we go? Uh, I don't know. So just, okay, I'll be looking at like, a car that's going to depreciate your car back home. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at all cars going, I can't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a shame. But no, with McLaren, I was pretty impressed with what they're doing. There's some awesome cars there, especially the Senna. That's amazing. Mm. Um, okay. Huh? You, don't, you don't like it? I'm a fan. No. no. So on, on, on the conversation of YouTube and mm. um, talking about car influencers on YouTube, there is now a lot of them on there. You've got uh, TGTV. You've got a pound Art. a penny now, aren't they? Pardon? They're, they're a pound a penny now, car YouTubers. Uh, you can get them. They are everywhere. Yeah, you've got Archie Hamilton Racing. You've got Schmee. Schmee. Paul Wallace. Paul Wallace, Supercars London. What's Emma Walsh. The, Emma Walsh. Um, TGE. Who's, Archie, who's, um, who's the guy that went travelling around in the Porsche? Um, seeing through glass, seeing through glass. seeing through glass. Yeah, you've got those guys, and then you've got people like Car Gurus, um, Car Wow, Car it? Wow, What Car, which obviously you yeah. have previous with two of those. Yes, um, yep. who do sort of different things, but like so, obviously now YouTube has taken off huge in mm. the last few years, mm. um, and yeah. It seems to be content for every type of business, motoring especially. Yeah. You look at some of the access now that YouTubers get. So let's take, you know, Paul Wallace has very good access for Lamborghini. You know, mm-hmm. Emma Walsh got to do um, the mini racing series, mm-hmm. you know. And then you look at sort of the big time motoring companies, Top Gear, you know, who have been around for 15 odd years. Yeah. And then you now have the Grand Tour on Amazon. Do you think that YouTube and those and now pushing BBC with Top Gear, um, Amazon and Grand Tour sort of out at all? I don't know about pushing them out, but TV's definitely changed over the years. And YouTube has as well, because I did it the other way around. I got um, found on YouTube and then put on television. So I put 
um, car reviews of cars that I had in stock because I had a motor sales business for 11 years and I just started filming with cars that I had in stock I got found by Dennis Publishing so I then reviewed cars with Car Buyer for two and a half years then Telegraph then What Car and now Car Gurus um, and while I was at Dennis Publishing I got found by a production company and then they also liked my co-presenter, Matt Watson, who's now at Car Wow. So Matt and I did a um, TV show together on ITV4. So we got found that way and then placed on television. And the ultimate's meant to be on, or it was then, to be on television. Yeah. Um, whereas now, I think you can do both. You can do either. It depends mm. what you want to do. But it's definitely opened the floor up to more talent and more people yeah. being able to showcase what they can do so I, I i definitely noticed it i find now that with top gear and the grand tour for instance because i love both of them mm. um but the, they seem to be so far behind with like what they're putting out so for instance you know if they let's go series two of grand tour the first episode it was mm. events door rest and all that mm. that had been out for nearly a year they, it'd yeah, been on YouTube points. for yeah. you know, the reviews and that have been out for ages and they had like the AMG GTR and it's like, well, these have been out for, you know, mm. 10 months a year. Yeah. We've seen all this stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, it's because their long. turnaround is so long because they make such high quality productions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Compared to a YouTuber who can do a review. Yeah. What was that video that um, it was the Russian lady and uh, TG, there was um, oh, the, what was it? The, the diamond, the diamond SV. Yeah, but that yeah, got horrible. That, it got a million, one point two million views in the space yeah, of a week or two weeks, yeah, which is ridiculous. It's probably up there with what you know. I don't know what these episodes are pulling in from Top Gear or Grand. Well, what, as well, what some people are doing is they're watching the television, but they've also got their hands on their phone watching yeah. a YouTube video in the middle of the TV show yeah, and then putting it down, that. carrying on watching the television. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it, of where where it's going. I feel like, like you're saying, I feel people might be put off slightly just because of the fact that they're not, they've already seen that content. Yeah. So it's like the reveal Oh, it's on YouTube. But you notice now how series, the new series of Top Gear, it was very much more they went on adventures. The Grand Tour, they've stopped. They've said they're going to do adventures. So mm. they're still going to bring mm. that in. So it's, so it's an entertainment it's, show rather yeah, than a review channel. Yeah. To me, yeah. it feels like that YouTube and that scene has pushed out the motor review inside of you know the, the big productions. Um, and then there's, with YouTube as well, you've got your influencers that will get... I mean, astronomical number of views mm -hmm. and you've, and you've got a bit of a division because I come really from the editorial side. So what car and car buyer, the telegraph and now car gurus is all um, editorial. And the person that I'm working with now has come from the telegraph. So, um, so we're, we, we have to be accurate with our facts because mm. it's our job to be accurate. Yeah. Um, whereas an influencer could maybe get something wrong and it doesn't really matter. Their, their followers yeah. might criticise them, mm. but it's not their job necessarily to be accurate or indeed um, open-minded to different vehicles. They could yeah. be aligning themselves with one brand. Yeah, I mean, that's something that definitely does come about. You see if someone makes a mistake in a video, they make, the most they're going to get is... Well, it's not got this much horsepower. Yes. It's yeah. Got this yeah. Or, they don't yeah. get paid for. They get paid for the views, right? Yeah. So exactly. it's not in there. It's not a massive concern. If anything, someone will be like, "Go watch that. They got it wrong." Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you tend yeah. to find the videos on YouTube the ones that do mistakes. 
like Shmi's Senna crash got so many views, and it was because people wanted to see him, someone crash into his Senna. Like the poor yeah. guy had his car crashed into it, and that got more views and some of his other stuff. Or was the other guy actually um, who I was at the Grand Prix ball with? Um, uh, is Sebastian Delaney? Seb Delaney. Seb Delaney. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, yeah the guy from Monaco he, who he crashed in the Batmobile. He crashed in the Batmobile. Yeah. And that that went pretty viral. And he's only he's only young, isn't he? He's probably in there. Mm. I don't know how much it would be, 18 to 20 years old, he crashed Batmobile and it was kind of all over the news. Yeah, Team Galax Batmobile, wasn't it? It, was, it sounds bad, but it was probably a good thing for his profile. <laughs> yeah, because he was yeah. There's no such thing as bad PR, yeah, you know what they yeah. say. He's got a quarter of a mil subs now on YouTube, just you know, off the back of, the, well, that was a big factor of it, but it was interesting to see where, where the channel's growing. Yeah, I'm just interested with the space and where it's going. Do you, do you know much about um, Car Wow? I know a bit about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen it was from our side. We've been um, came across my desk literally this morning. I thought I'd, mm. I'd bring it up. Car Wow is raising money via CrowdCube, and I was thinking that's interesting. Ah. And so far, they've raised nearly five million pounds. In this in this funding um, round, round yeah. or just in this right. funding round, yeah, they're sending pre money valuations one hundred seventy eight million for Carwell. Wow! And you sit there, and you, I sit there, and trying to Did work. Get any profit? No, no profit made, and that's interesting because sweet, I'm worth one hundred seventy one million as well. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, and I. It's, yeah. It is. Done. Yeah, it's a crazy system, isn't it? it says it, they they people have spent. It says. Uh, Revolution car buying for two hundred thousand people who bought five billion worth of cars through their platform, but no, because they want to basically be like the one-stop shop, don't they? Yeah, it says it literally says five billion worth of cars bought on Carwell customers, five percent UK market share, eighty percent compound annual revenue over the last three years. Um, expanded into Germany, Spain, built two point seven million subscribers on YouTube. And it says invest alongside Mercedes Benz. And I can't pronounce that. I'm not a car guy. Bal Balton and Vituruvian. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. have they not saying? turned a profit because they keep reinvesting the money in marketing, or have they not turned a profit because the model doesn't work? I don't know. That's the question. It says eighty percent compound annual revenue growth over three years to twenty million in two thousand eighteen. So the revenue is that, but I mean, depends if they're continuously expanding, I suppose. But it's interesting. So they're going to be competing with the likes of Auto Trader, I suppose. Well, Car Wow is just for new cars, isn't it? So okay. they pu- they push each um, individual uh, video, and then people presumably then buy a car through Car Wow, and then the dealers all have to pitch for the business. And then you've got What Car that have also got uh, car dealerships on board, and then you've got Car Gurus who I'm now working with, yeah. who have also got um, dealerships on board, so you can buy the cars. And that model's worked very well in America, and now they're they're making it work in the uk that's car gurus yeah um so car gurus is profitable in america car wow i think it's only in the uk isn't it and they haven't yeah i don't know too much about it that's yeah. why i thought it's quite an interesting debate see it says that they're um expanded into germany and spain i don't uh, buy new cars so i don't really yeah they're expanding to you know it says for, Today, about 5% of all consumers' new cars in the UK are sold through Carwell, about 1% in Germany and Spain already. The business is not yet profitable and continues to invest in its growth. Okay, so it's not um, Investing in its growth. Market okay. expansion. Hmm. So it's not yet profitable because it's really investing in its growth. Yeah, they haven't really explained on that part, which no. is a bit of a grey area. Yeah, is it? Is it 
not profitable and they're putting more money in or is it not turning a profit because they're investing in everything they do make? So surely, surely companies like this cropping up and getting big. I mean, it's not to be sniffed at 178 pre pre money valuations. It's quite a large amount of money. So, it's a, a dealers doing something wrong? In what way? Well, as in these guys are selling new cars and using their dealer network. Yeah. So why why can't the dealers do something along those lines? Why are they then using another company? I suppose in that kind of respect. The model with Car Wow is that when somebody is looking for a car, they then um, a number of dealers will pitch for that business. So really, the customer is going for the cheapest price, which okay. is not always the motivating factor for somebody to make a purchase. Yeah. And it's definitely not what um, what a car dealer would want to do for every single deal. So if they're coming up to hitting their um, target, for example, and they need to sell two more cars, and they could wipe the profit from those two cars in order to get their quarterly bonus mm. um, for selling the, the right number of cars, then they'll do that. But they're not going to do every deal like that. So I think that's where Car Wow is is using that as an opportunity to sell cars when actually a lot of people don't necessarily want to go shopping for just the cheapest deal. They want to go to their local dealership. They want to sit mm-hmm. down, have a cup of tea, you know, yeah. have a chat, have a bit of a test drive. And, yeah. and they want to do it the old fashioned way. And there's still a lot of people that want to do it like that, I think. I would want to do it like that. I wouldn't want to. That's why I liked working with um, Redline in yeah. Harrogate. Uh, they're in Harrogate. I'm in Watford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I drove all. The, I wrote about them in my book. That's how you much did. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on the website. Yeah, I travelled three and a half, four hours. How long the, did it take you to write your book? Not as long as people thought. I done it in four months, five months. Well done. That's yeah. fantastic. And then it got published by um, Wiley Publisher, and now it's in. Henry W.H. Smith and um, what's the other one? Waterstones. Waterstones, um, yeah. In the whole of the UK and in the equivalent in Europe and USA as well. Yes, it's gone really well. And how many have you sold? I don't know yet because I don't get my first quarterly um, update. So I will find out. I must have launched it in when? July? You've got it coming up soon. Yeah. Like a month got, or so, something like that. Yeah, it's coming up soon. So I'll find out. But I know they got to um, business book number seven in the business ranking books for um, WH Smith's leaderboards. And yeah, so I'm happy with it. I've had well, great yeah. feedback from it. So that's always, that was the old, you know, the motive out there. It's just to basically help and assist people with mm. being entrepreneurs and actually put kind of step-by-step guide in place of how they can become an entrepreneur is it something on the horizon for yourself uh, writing a book. Well, I'm actually writing some um, children's rhyming bedtime stories at the moment. Amazing. Um, purely, well, not purely. There are several reasons. First of all, I love reading to my babies, and you think, you know, I've been reading to them since they were about five months old, yeah. and you think, oh, they don't understand what you're saying at that point. But we don't really know exactly when they do start to understand, and they could definitely understand tone of voice and intonation. And the way that they respond when I'm reading to them is such a magical experience. And I felt so sad, actually, when I heard that 30% of parents are unable to read their children bedtime stories. And that's because they're either too busy or they're in their work commute and they're getting Alexa to play stories to them. And then the children are replicating Alexa's voice. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is awful. This is really awful. You know, 
I love reading bedtime stories. I love reading stories to children and to my babies. And so I thought, right, okay, I'm going to write some rhyming bedtime stories for babies and then publish them as audiobooks for those parents who are, for whatever reason, it's no judgment to them at all. We all parent differently. But if they're not in a position to be able to read them a bedtime story and they can have a warm voice yeah really your lovely voice not not it. not uh not a robot it's like a horror <laughs> film isn't it <laughs> yeah, what's that movie when they they there's literally a whole planet and it's just robots and they're bringing up that human i don't know what it's called i will find it it's crazy and she basically reads her bedtime stories and it's a robot and it's uh she's the only human she doesn't know it she's basically saying it's all dangerous oh. outside and everything oh. and they're trying to re-bring in humans back into the population the robots are doing it and the robots reading her bedtime stories it just turns into a complete horror film so <laughs> so yeah i'm, I'm trying to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I i'll quote it in the podcast i will find it it's, it's, it's crazy please do yeah yeah, yeah. but as as you watch me yeah, no, I, I, yeah. So, so my bedtime stories are basically the complete opposite to that. Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah, so yeah. I've written four and people will subscribe and they'll pay a monthly, very small subscription because I want it to be affordable to as many people yeah. as possible. And then they'll get five new stories every month, which means you've got a different story for each day of the week, Monday to Friday. And then at the weekend, they can probably read them um, something that they've got. Um, so five stories every month and um, and they'll get new ones. And that's, that's what we call a good business, something that you would use as well for, mm-hmm. for your Lilland and exactly. something that other people can use. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you'll be going down the street. It'll go. You'll go completely global, and you'll be walking down the street, and you'll someone will overhear a conversation, and they'll be like, "I recognise that." <gasps> I voice. know that voice. Do you know what that <laughs> happened to me? Um, well, it happens to me with with the car world, but yeah, it will happen in the in the children, babies world as well, won't it? I recognise that voice. Yes, yeah, it's, it's just the latest yeah. Ford Focus Active, and um... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is that is, that is awesome. I've seen. Um, I think that's a big part that's missing as well is in in, in that um, area is is children's books. I, I I've got to admit that it's you know there, I think there's that gap and it's I think it's getting bigger. You know people mm-hmm. are almost like I don't have time to do this mm-hmm. on and so yeah, forth. Yeah. It's almost easier to not do it. You know? Yeah, and that's, exactly. That's the problem. But it's um, yeah. it's needed. You know I think it's yeah. I think I was actually reading some stats about it. Um, was it was it about that? It was about that. It was about something about like the intellectual growth of a human because of that movie intellectual growth of a human when they're uh, digesting information if you read from from a younger age they have mm. a higher iq and it's just like oh, it's like looking into things like that yeah. that was uh, interesting well but, you're in theta state until you're seven years old and your brain when you're born is only 25 percent developed so the amount of growth and development yeah. that happens in those early years is is colossal they're the they're either the barriers that you build up for for them or they're the ones that you break down of what's yeah. achievable and well, what's not what you say to your children what you say to your babies becomes their inner voice yeah so every day at whatever point they start to truly understand me you'll never really know because babies can understand baby sign um this is sorry you know that kind of thing before they understand before they can um, verbalize what they're thinking and feeling and how they want to express themselves so every day i tell them i love them i tell them they can be anything they want 
want to be. They're amazing. They're wonderful. How did you yeah. hear about a baby sign language? So if, if baby babies go language. like that, it's like... So, so you teach them baby sign language. So one of my twin mum friends, um, her, her twins are now about 16 months old. And she started using baby sign language every day from when, they, from when they were seven months old. And she got nothing back, nothing back for months and months and months. And then like that, it just clicked. And they, they, I saw them communicating with her before they could speak. So this is sorry. This means milk. This is thank you. This is please. And it's incredible. You know, that these what? tiny little humans can understand what you're saying before they are able to speak back. That is crazy. Next mm. Overwatch charity event, day talking in baby sign language to each other. And that's all we're allowed to do. <laughs> that, is, that is cool. Mate, that's it? cool. And well done. This is well done. You basically have like baby like special forces. So yeah, basically. It's just like, you know, little, little tactical hand signals to each other. <laughs> Your twins will be like, right, you get the milk, I'm getting the biscuits. <laughs> Yeah. You distract her, I'm going this yeah, way. So, yeah. It's not my dream. It's that moment you turn Look, around it's and it's parents. just, you've got yes. like an 18 milk field. I'm watching it. Yeah. yeah. That, is, that is incredible. Okay. So, talking about going, going back to this car wow, and then you're, you're now working with car gurus. Car gurus. Yeah. Okay. And what's, what's the difference between the two? Are they competitors or are they? Yeah, they are competitors. So with car gurus, they've got cars advertised um, from their trusted dealer network and they've also got car reviews and the standard is as high as editorial because it's proper editorial. You know, we've got um, Chris Knappman that's come from the Telegraph and I worked with him when I was at the Telegraph and and, um, and we've, we've got sort of like the old team back together, if you like. So people can come to the website and come to the Car Gurus UK YouTube channel. They can watch reviews of various different cars. Maybe they've got a short list of three that they might be interested in. And what, after they've watched all the reviews, they can go onto the Car Gurus website and actually call up a dealer that's advertising one of the cars. Oh, so do do you, does the audience kind of engage with that? Be like, oh, I'd like to see a review on this, this, and this, or is it? Yeah, we do get quite a lot of audience engagement actually, and that's something that I have noticed, and I guess would bring us back to the point that you were making earlier about YouTube and internet versus television, because we've got a lot of engagement. People will post in the comments that they'd like to see a review on such and such, or even if it's a criticism as well, because you can learn a lot from criticism. Yeah. And if somebody wants to see something about a car that perhaps you missed, um, you know, no one's perfect. So if there's room for improvement somewhere as well, those, those comments come in handy. And a car that they particularly want to see a review of as well that's also quite good to know have you ever done a car review of an aerial atom or an aerial nomad i have driven an aerial atom up goodwood hill climb and it, it almost in all in the nicest possible way to any other car that I drove that day, but it kind of ruined me because it was so good and so fast. And I drove my dad up, so he was in the passenger seat, and I got to the top and I thought, wow, that was incredible. There we go. This is what's happening. I've been on about I really like them. I really like the Air Atom and the Nomad, and it's something that I I'm... think the Nomad, the Nomad's cool. The Nomad's, the nomad's like sick. just a 
I'll go over any terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I will your, not be broken. All by I'm anything. saying is, I've seen your garden. I think we have some great fun in your garden. <laughs> that's, that's, Especially if you get that uh, land, we could have some great fun. Yeah, that's the Highlands <laughs> trip right there in a nomad. You obviously don't live in London then, if you've got this ginormous. I, I live slightly out of the countryside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, live out of the countryside. But we was, um, we've all just come back from a trip from Nevis and. Um, Oh, I'm ben looking Nevis. at yeah, Ben Nevis, yeah, not <laughs> yeah. Nevis in the Caribbean, <laughs> yeah, not Nevis in the Caribbean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, was it? Slightly cooler and yeah. a bit hillier. Although, yeah. the, although the nomad would be fine on the sand. Yeah, <laughs> I think we need to prove this. Yeah, yeah, concept to be proven. But yeah, I was looking at in the Highlands, and there's we're looking at um, a property deal up there, and it's just a lot of land. And I was saying about the other area atoms and the nomads, and I haven't actually been in one, but I've been going on about the area atom now for probably. It must be at least two years. I've been looking at it thinking... They're so fast. It's just it rains too much, you know. That's the only thing, unless you can but create... does like it a... really? I mean, we've had a fantastic summer. We really have. It's true. It rains too much. You've got a convertible Ferrari, mate. Yes, the roof goes up. Aero <laughs> <laughs> Atoms, you don't have one. you got a hat? I was just singing. Why you bought a waterproof jacket? You bought a waterproof jacket for Ben Nevis. Sorted. It's, it's true. It's true. Why can't we create like a pod on the air atom? That's like a slide. Have you have you ever seen Caterham drivers racing? No. They right. put the tents on. That it doesn't look quite as good, does it? <laughs> Is that in what fact, that's what we saw driving back from school. You know, when we were driving around, and there was that guy coming up in a Caterham, and it looked like he had a tent on his car. <laughs> That what it was. That's what it was, man. That's why people don't put roofs on those kind of cars because they don't look good. That's what I'm thinking. A nice glass pod or something. Custom aromatic. That reminds me of an old cartoon. I'm sure there was a cartoon where they had little pods above them. It was. Um, oh, what was it? That's, uh, no, it was wacky um, racing. Wacky it? racing. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be you. Yeah. Catch the pigeon. That's what so it was. All I, all I heard the there was pigeon. wacky races, and so now we're doing wacky races to Nevers. We'll have to see how it goes. Unfortunately, there's not any 600 LTs on car gurus at the moment, so I'm currently using theirs to uh, have a look through. Because yeah, that, that car gurus plug there, Ben. <laughs> yeah, invoice. <laughs> no, well, no, I'll I pay thought, you later. But yeah, yeah. Because you've already brought a McLaren Technology Centre, so yeah. I thought it was a slight update. And then we'd be a car guru, and I thought, do you know what? Let's have a look. How demanding is car gurus on your schedule? Is that is that so with car gurus at the moment? I'm doing two reviews a month, okay. and then I've got commitments with Motor Easy and Morris Lubricants, and I'm also the face of One Woman Owner. So One Woman Owner is a new website, and it's aimed at women because would you believe this still in today's age? Um, research has shown that women feel ignored by the automotive industry. I'd probably agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's yeah. the same as the trading world. It's yeah. like a ninety percent dominated male. We've mm. tried to we've tried to uh, push for uh, more uh, women in the industry, but I just I, I don't know. I think they're put off by it. Was like the applications for the real forex trader. Like, yeah, you know, we've mm. we, we've got a new film series that we're sorting out uh, for next February, and ninety percent of the applicants, well, more than that, probably ninety five percent of the applicants are all male. And we're just like, ah, oh. we've got we've got a lady though that's um, she doesn't know that she's passed or failed yet, does she? But she's a mum of two, and I thought that would be interesting having a yeah, mum trader coming on, and it's about Did you taking. Apply? It's like, yeah. Did you apply? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I've got time to do that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're taking 18, 18 people from random, uh, random different careers who've never traded before, that's such and we've a good thrown idea. them into an environment and saying, "This is what we do. This is how we do it." get going and let's see what ends up wow. and ben was on the last one a couple of the other guys and they're now working 
So yeah, it was pretty. So it works. Yeah, Ben's uh, well. <laughs> ben, you're still doing all right, Jane. You work for it. Ben works in the broker inside yeah, the of the brokerage side. Thing, broker so. inside of the business, yeah. but there's there's three of them now. But they all came from different walks. Ben came from a military background. Jack came from a building background, and Mark came from a PT background. So completely. Well, that's just it. There's so many transferable skills that until people actually realise what skills they have and how they can transfer that across, they maybe don't realise that there's a fit yeah. there. Yeah. So how is this website helping women to get into the motorsports? So it's it's not helping women to get into motorsport. It is a website aimed at women to because more and more women are making car decisions, as in which car the family is going to drive. And if the automotive industry and adverts and editorial is largely ignoring that part of the population, then they're feeling a little bit lost because they're not getting the information that they need so our website is it's not pedantic it's not designed to make any women feel like oh we should know more it literally is just much more user-friendly because there are um there's information out there on the internet but it's not aimed at women it's more aimed at men um, so this website is designed to empower women um, into being confident car buyers because ultimately in most houses it is the women making the decision. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. Could we see in the future, do you reckon, women-only car dealers? Probably. Well, I mean, it sounds a bit, it's completely off topic actually. In Dubai, they've got they've got taxis for men and taxis now. They've got pink taxis for mm. female because mm. they're a bit funny over there with their... They are, but on the same count, you know, I I certainly myself being on my own after an evening in London, I probably would prefer to get a taxi driven by a woman. Mm, That's true. I'd feel a lot safer. Yeah, that is true. I take it that the pink taxis are driven then by women. Yeah, they are. Or is it just for women in general? No, they're driven by women and they're for women. See, I can understand that. I I get that. That is. Why do we not have this in London? Because well, Uber haven't done maybe, it yet. Maybe we will. Yeah. Maybe one woman owner will branch into taxis. You never know. Well, why don't you have like Uber Pink, female Ubers? Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. Talking, talk- talking so, obviously you mentioned there about um, women in the automotive industry, sort of, or in the car buying thing. What was it like for you going into the motorsport industry, being like the top, like sort of the. Because it, it is extremely male dominated. It is male dominated. You're you know, right. You look at F1. Yep. Uh, yeah. F1, you know, are all this season, well, for the last God knows how many seasons now, mm-hmm. you know, all predominantly all male drivers. Mm. I mean, um, I don't know if there's any perspective, hopeful female drivers on the on the list at the moment for the, the relative teams. I know there was the, there was a German girl recently that crashed. Mm. She crashed hard, didn't she? Mm. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I, I was reading stories that she was on her way in that sort of line yeah only two percent of racing drivers are female um when you're actually in motorsport and you put your crash helmet on and you start racing your competitors don't care whether you're male or female Mm. and you have to earn respect because that's what men are like with other men anyway and that's what men are like with women that are coming into 
what could be said as their arena if if it's dominant dominated by men um so it's no different really for a new guy or a new girl to come into motorsport you still have to earn respect and actually I think it's true with anything that you do is about being true to yourself because I remember when I first started racing and I used to turn up with trainers and a hoodie on and that kind of thing and I just wasn't really showing my full sort of girly self okay when I'm on the motor racing circuit you push me I'll push you back and you'll care about your paintwork more than I will you know I, I give as good as I get and I race hard and I like that but off the circuit I'm actually really quite girly and I like putting makeup on and I like dressing femininely um and the driver representative I was having a conversation with him on the phone and I said oh I was um at salsa at the weekend and someone stepped on my um foot and I haven't been able to wear high heels since then and he said oh I can't imagine you in high heels and it was at that moment mm. I realised I was not being true to myself. And mm. since then, I have kicked a football with high heels on in the grid. I have <laughs> gone for a How nice... How did it turn out? <laughs> Fine. Beautiful. You just kick it with the side of your foot. Um, you know, I think that whether you are a woman who likes to wear makeup and you like to get your nails done, do it. If you like to have really short hair or not get your hair nails or your hair done whatever it is you just have to be true to yourself and I think if you're happy with who you are and true to yourself then you will get the respect that you are looking for and so I haven't had um, a problem but I also do have an engineer as a father and they're very 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 good at taking the mickey so my entire mm. life I've had the perfect training for working in a male-dominated environment mm. um, but it was interesting when I went to speak at the women's in business Business event, I noticed that women were less likely to put their hand up and speak up. And it also mirrored what I read in Cheryl Sandberg's COOO of Facebook. Um, oh, 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 how many O's do I want to give this woman? Um, COO of Facebook. Um, and, and she she noted in her book that women is called lean in and women really need to speak up and when she'd finished giving a speech she said oh there's no time for any more questions all the girls put their hands down one guy kept his hand up and she said oh okay go on then you know one more mm. and she realized that she was even doing it herself and men are going into um, job interviews if they're offered the job they say okay great but can I be paid this much extra whereas a woman is saying saying okay I've got the job yay I'm excited yeah, yeah. but you know what if you always ask for that little bit more if you uh put your hand up if you push the doors down that's that's what it boils down to so there's a lot that women can do for themselves as well I'm, I'm not, not saying that it's entirely women's fault but what I am saying is what I have noticed in the women in business event that I spoke at and Cheryl Sandberg's Cheryl Sandberg's book and also how I am in motorsport you've got to be quite bullshit you've got to be yeah. able to just speak up and get your point across yeah no i agree i agree okay so we've got a couple of minutes before we've got to wrap up on this awesome podcast we've learned so much from baby sign language to car gurus to well done. yeah that's good it's pretty, pretty crazy i think it's quite cool i'm to... not going home and googling that tonight don't worry uh, you definitely will. I, I, 100%. I, I, I will. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I'll take that, you know. Um, and talking a bit more about the uh, women in uh, motorsports and kind of lean in, talking up and things like that. Do you think that, on that note, do you think that will, do you think it will change over time? 
Yes, I do. I think the girls that are coming up through the ranks now have got um, probably or arguably more confidence. And also there isn't as much social conditioning that says you should be doing da-da-da-da-da-da. You can actually be an engineer or be a racing driver or be a stay-at-home mum. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, there's more choice for women now. And I think it's more socially acceptable for girls and women to take various different routes. So I definitely think that the younger girls will stand up and, and speak up more. Please do. I think it's really important for anyone that's listening in any industry um, going into uh, a male-dominated sector. It's definitely important to speak up. And usually, I don't know about motorsports, but I know, I know, for example, in trading, I'm hands up admitted that um, female traders are better at risk management and overall performance, which is an interesting space. So it's, if anything, you've got an advantage coming into trading. I don't know about motorsport. Well, motorsport is quite interesting because they say that women make good endurance races because we are uh, more considered with our risk-taking and men make better um, sprint races because the risks that they take are higher. And obviously, if the risk is too high, you fall off the circuit. Whereas if you bring the car home in an endurance race, the next driver gets to drive and you get to finish the race. And to finish first, you must first finish. Yes, that is true. If you look at, say, for example, football, you've got the male teams and you've got now the female teams. Do you think that will happen in racing? I hope not. Um, it's one of the few sports where you do actually get to race wheel to wheel with men and women there's no reason to segregate us but w series has at first when it was first launched i was really against it because there is no need to separate men and women we can race against each other and i enjoy racing against a man or a woman i don't care what sex they are however what is happening with w series is that women racing drivers are getting more of the limelight now and there is the potential that a formula one driver can be found from w series and i've also got lots of friends in w series and i'm really really pleased and proud of um, jamie chadwick for winning it so there are some positives around w series. do you think females have an advantage over to males because of the weight because some some women probably weigh what 60 kilos and so some guys may weigh 70 80 you usually have a minimum weight regardless of what your weight is okay. so the advantage if you are lighter is that you can put the weight wherever you like in the car because ideally with a racing car you want the weight as low as possible and you want to be able to corner weight it i couldn't have a car then basically and um... <laughs> it'd just be me it's too big mate you and some wheels <laughs> I'm not sure about them. Easily, if you if your wheels in wacky races you'll be the caveman right now <laughs> i still win though. yeah <laughs> what i find um that that might be slightly trickier for some of the taller guys is trying to keep the weight down but the strength up can be quite challenging whereas us female racing drivers as long as we've got the strength up we can pretty much not worry too much about our weight because we've we've not more often not got the same height so to keep the same weight is easier that is that is awesome okay so we're coming up to an hour it's gone super quick wow we can seriously talk yeah yeah all all day it's a really interesting topics so my final question for you so car wow their pre-market valuation is 178 million is it worth buying 
Well, okay. My loyalties obviously lie with car gurus. I've just started my new gig with car gurus. They have floated, so you can buy shares in car gurus. So I recommend you buy those instead. <laughs> That's a, fair enough, fair enough. Are they are they on um, the UK stock market, are they? Car gurus UK, yes. So they are an American company originally, but they've got car gurus UK and I'm working for the car gurus UK YouTube channel and you can buy car gurus UK shares. Be interested to see what they're their valuation is yeah i'm gonna to have to quickly look because i'm on it now oh yeah so i was <laughs> just really know. interested to the see problem is if you put car car... Gurus uk stock it all it comes up with is yeah stock cars stock right? cars yeah yeah <laughs> maybe put market Share cap price. value yeah yeah i'll be interested because were they around before or after um car well that's a very good question i mm. think the american company was probably around before so i'd probably assume they're car gurus inc they might be floated on the US market then if they was initially in the US. As well. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, because they started in the US and Cargurus UK floated, what, two years ago? That's Cargurus Inc. Okay, Cargurus absolutely blows uh, Carwell out of the park. There you go then. Yeah. So 3.44 <laughs> billion market valuation. Be interesting to see as a benchmark how these guys have done anyway. Mm. So, guys, for those that um, are interested, where can they come and follow you and keep up your journey? Okay, so on Twitter, it's Rebecca Racer. On Instagram, it's Rebecca Racer Zero. And if you just Google Rebecca Jackson or if you go to RebeccaRacer.com, there's my website. I've also got content on YouTube and I've also got videos of me like bench lifting the babies and that kind of thing as well <laughs> as car stuff. So well, a wide variety then. <laughs> a wide variety. A wide variety. It's mainly fitness and um and cars. Amazing. Yes. So guys, if you um if you didn't get that, then don't worry, I'll be um tagging in everyone. Uh, this evening in one of my posts and you can head over and give a follow thank you so much all for joining um it's been an absolutely amazing show next episode is on tuesday and we've got a crazy individual coming along who's planning he's, i think he's been trying to get the first kenyan up mount everest um i think they've done three attempts so far been hit with avalanches and god knows what and now he's now he's looking at doing the whole congo river which is three thousand miles walking so absolutely crazy on that one that's coming on next tuesday so stay tuned for that one thank you again so much for joining me it's been amazing thanks a lot as well ben cheers thank you very much it's been great to be here thank you so much see you all later guys and see you in the next episode bye